This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. I get the privilege and the honor to speak to you again. I'm finishing up the three-week series that I didn't know that I was even doing, uh, but it's been fun. It's been good. Uh, I've grown from it my own self, and so I'm excited about that. Uh, I know next week our sexy pastor, the man that I sleep with, he's at the Fresno campus right now. Hi, baby. Um, he'll be back starting a new series, and I know it's going to be great. Uh, and don't miss, man, like Nick said, uh, this Wednesday, all of our campuses, make sure that you come out and be a part of that with Casey Treat. The teaching on renewing the mind that he has been so gifted to teach is life-changing. Man, if you want your life to be better, this is a message that you need to hear because it's not just a message. It's actually training in the Word of God. And it'll totally transform where you are at in life. So make sure you come out and you're a part of that. But this morning, we're going to conclude what we've been talking about, um, our series, New You, Seeing New and Saying New. Anybody been putting that into practice? Yeah, I hope so. hope it's just one, more than one person putting that into practice on purpose, saying what they want to see, saying what you want to see, sowing good words and, and positive things in the people around you. I can tell you this, those of you who are doing it, you are seeing change. Because there's no way around it. When you do the word of God, you get the word of God. That's what, that's the truth. Let's go ahead and start where we've been starting the last few weeks in Isaiah chapter 42, verse number nine. It says, behold, the former things have come to pass and new things I declare. And that's what we're believing this year is new things. We're already seeing them. It says, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. He says, sing to the Lord a new song. Then verse 11, it says, let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voice. It says, let them give glory to God in verse number 12. And it says, and declare his praise in the coastlands. Then it goes on to say a lot of other things. But in Isaiah 43, 18, God says, don't remember the former things or consider the things of old. He says, I'm getting ready to do a new thing. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. In fact, now it shall spring forth. It says, shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. We've talked about how the only difference between the promise and the fulfillment was what they were supposed to do in between. What separated the promise from the fulfillment of the promise, the promise of the new thing to the fulfillment of the new thing was the words that came out of their mouth. God told them, I want you to, I'm getting ready to do something new. So I want you to start saying something new. I'm getting ready to do new things. So I want you to start celebrating and talking about the new things. He says, I want you to start giving glory to God. I want you to stop talking about the past and the old stuff. And I want you to get excited and live your life talking with expectation about the good things I'm getting ready to do. He wanted them to start speaking with expectation that they were going to see what he had promised. In order for us to see the new thing that God has promised, we have to first believe what God says. We have to believe what God says. We got to believe that when God says something, it comes to pass. That when God promises something, he's not like man who wavers. He's not like man who'll, who'll put something in front of you and say, ah, I tricked you. He's not like man who'll give you something and take it away. God is a God who loves you, who provides for you, who wants more for you. 
When God says it, you can count on it. And so when God says new things are coming, we have to first believe what he says. And then we have to start saying what he says to say. When I believe that God is doing new things and I believe what he says, then I'm going to open my mouth and start doing what he says. You know, a lot of times we don't do what God says because we just don't believe him. We just don't trust him. We don't believe that he's good. We don't believe that he's faithful. We somehow believe that our way is, is still better. Now, we wouldn't say that. We wouldn't say, yeah, I'm smarter than God. but Because we, we know better than that. But our actions kind of sh- prove that. That we somehow believe that, God, I've got this. You know, you've got a lot of other things you're doing. I've got this. I, I can take care of this. And so we strive in our own way, in our own strength, to produce things that God has already promised to give us. So a lot of times we don't do what God says because we don't believe him and we think our way is better. But in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, says this. It says, without faith or that confident expectation. It says, it's impossible to please God. It says, anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and believe that he's a rewarder Of those who diligently seek him. So as a believer in Christ, there's a time in our lives. There came a time in my life and there will come a time in your life as a follower of Christ and a believer of Christ. That you'll have to make a conscious decision that you're either going to do things your way or God's way. That I'm going to either have my marriage and do my marriage God's way or I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to handle my money God's way or my own way. I'm going to handle uh, my relationships God's way or I'm going to handle it my way. Because there's going to come a point in time when those two ways are in conflict with each other. There's going to come a time when the, the word of God says to bring your tithe into the storehouse and your checkbook will say, oh, you better not do that because you got a lot of bills due this month. There's going to be time where, where the word of God says to love and forgive and, and your flesh is going to say, yeah, but they did me dirty. I don't want to. They're mean. I, if I forgive them, they'll think I'm condoning what they did. So there's going to be a time where you're going to have to make a conscious decision. God, I'm either going to do this your way or I'm going to do this my way. A time where God's word becomes your compass and becomes your final authority. The world is always pushing you and pulling you and trying to get you into its frame and its standard to make your life look like they look. God's ways are higher. God's ways are better. So why should I open my mouth? Why should I start declaring the new things that God has told me to say? Well, first of all, as a follower of Christ, I simply do it because God, that's God's plan. He told me to do it. That's the way he has it set up. God says to do it. And when I do what he says, I get what he says. And that's a powerful thing. So when I say new, I will see new. That's what we've been learning about. That if I start changing my uh, my words and what I'm speaking into my chaos, instead of talking about the stuff going on in my life, that God will back it up and I'll start seeing change. James chapter 3, verse number 2, it says, We all make mistakes. Often, those who don't make mistakes with their words have reached full maturity. It says that if we can control our tongue and we can on purpose say certain things and withhold our tongue from saying certain things, that we're actually becoming a mature person. I know a lot of times I, you know, you know people, maybe you're one of them. You just 
you know, say what you feel. And people say, you shouldn't say that. And you're like, man, I got to say what I think. I got to say what I feel. It's truth. That's how I feel. I got to say it. But the Bible says when you're constantly talking and open your mouth and you can't control your words, you're really an immature person. I don't want to be that. I want to grow in the things of God. I want to be a mature person. I want to grow up. I don't want my life to be like it has been. I want to mature in the things of God. And the Bible says when we control our mouth, we are maturing. And so that's what we're learning. We're learning how to grow up. Because I don't know about you, there's nothing worth, worse than like a 30-year-old baby or a 40-year-old baby or a 50-year-old baby or a 60-year-old baby. Go ahead and look to your neighbor and say, she ain't talking about you unless she is. <laughs> I don't want to be that. We all know people like that, that you look at them and you're like, what? Like they're whining and crying. You're like, are you two? Like what, what is that? It's because their words are showing their immaturity, but we're growing up today. So we learned that just like you put a bridle on the, on the, on the mouth, the muzzle of a, of a horse or, or that you use the rudder on a ship, our words dictate the direction of our life. It's our words that dictate the course of our life and the outcome of our life. Proverbs 18, 20 says from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips. They are satisfied. So we've learned and we're learning that our words are like seed. Our words are seed. And we speak when we speak our words, they grow stuff. Our words actually grow things. A lot of times we're not so aware of the words that we say until we start seeing the fruit of it show up in our lives. Like your marriage, man, all, it seems like, man, all of a sudden it's gotten so bad. Not realizing that over a process of time, the words that you've been speaking, the words you've been saying to each other and about each other have cultivated a very dysfunctional home. Maybe financially your money's just in a mess and you're like, man, you didn't just wake up one day and the money be terrible. It's over a period of time, a process of time because of what you've said about your money or your ideas about your money. I just can't make it. I'll never be, be able to afford that. Man, I, I, I'm never going to be promoted. I'm not going to ever be able to live in a house like that. Never going to make enough money to do that. Our words then have pro produced the situation that we're in. So it's usually not until we look at the fruit of our life that we realize what we've actually been saying and sowing. And if we're honest with ourselves... And this is kind of hard to do. If we were really honest to look at our life and the fruit of our life right now, we'd realize, man, it's our mouth that has created it like this. You know, a lot of times we like to know I'm in the situation I'm in because the guy that I married or the woman that I married that spends too much money, or I'm like where I'm at because my kids are crazy or I didn't have a good enough education. No, the word says it's our words that come out of our mouth that have been dictating and producing the harvest in our life. So if we don't like what we're growing, we've got to change what we've been planting. It'd be really foolish of me to hate tomatoes and to go in my backyard and actually plant them and then water them and then come out when they're finally producing and look at them and be frustrated and angry and complain that they're actually in my yard growing when I'm the one who planted them. But we tend to do the same thing with our words. We've grown dysfunction in our marriage, but then we start complaining about it and frustrated with it when we're the ones who sowed that money, health, whatever it is that you're facing. 
whatever situation it is, instead of becoming frustrated with what is growing, we just need to take the initiative, uproot that if we don't like it, and start sowing what we want to grow instead. That's what we've been learning. And you haven't, if you haven't been here over the last two weeks and you need the foundation of this whole thing, you can go on our, uh, our new app. And they're so easy to listen to podcasts on our app if you want to learn all of that that we've already, already learned. So we've got to change what we've been planting. So in essence, our life, we're kind of like a bag of seed. We are a sort of a seed bag, right? Because I open my mouth and I speak, and every word that I speak has the potential to bring life or death to something. So really, I'm kind of like a seed bag. You're a seed bag. You open your mouth, you start opening your mouth, and you communicate, you start talking, and every word that you say is actually sowing something. So stop and think, what kind of seed bag are you? What kind of seed bag are you? Are you like the wildflower seed bag that I talked about last week that I just wanted a a, a quick instant growth in my yard so I threw wildflower seed out in my yard and not realizing that it was just pretty weeds is that what kind of seed bag are you you are that when you open your mouth you just sow whatever and then it's just a bunch of stuff growing in your life are you the kind that of seed bag that on purpose you've got a reservoir of healthy strong beautiful fruitful things on the inside of you that when you open your mouth it produces life wherever you speak What kind of seed bag are you? This is the cool thing. You can change what's in your bag. If you don't like the harvest that's going on around you, you can change the seed in your bag. And that's my desire here today, is that if we realize and look around us, man, I really don't like where my life is right now. I don't like the, the way my marriage is right now. I don't like the way my relationship with my kids is right now. I don't like my financial situation or my health situation. I don't like where I'm at in my, my thought life right now then I have the ability to change what's in the bag. If I don't like the seed in there, I can change it. Go ahead and say this. Say, I can change it. All of our campuses, say it again. I can change it. Because the worst thing you can do is to think that you're helpless, hopeless, and have no ability to be any different. But you can. You are the one who dictates the kind of seed in your bag. Your parents... Don't dictate that. Your spouse don't dictate that. Your circumstance doesn't dictate the seed in your bag. You dictate what seed is in your bag. We can change the seed. Luke chapter 6, verse number 45. It says, The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. The evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. It says, For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Your mouth speaks from that which fills your heart. So it's your heart that is your seed bag. It's your heart that actually uh, grows and multiplies seed. Now, what is your heart? Your heart's not the organ that's pumping in your body. When the Bible talks about your heart, it ta- he's talking about the spirit part of you, who you are on the inside. He's not talking about anything about your flesh. He's talking about your heart. He's talking about the spirit part of you, the inside part of you. So when you sow the, your seed, the spirit part of you, your, your, your spirit man and your soul man, the, your mind, your intellect, the part of you that, that learns and grasps and understands, that part of you, is your heart. And the Bible says that your heart actually grows things. 
It produces things. It multiplies things. And then your mouth sows the harvest that's in your heart or the seed that's in your heart. So why do you find yourself saying such angry things? I don't want to say angry things. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to lash out. But why do you find yourself saying such angry things? Because there have been angry things sown in your heart, angry seed sown in your heart. Why do I talk such failure and despair and lack and and insecurities? Because there's been seeds of insecurity sown in your heart, seeds of lack sown in your heart, seeds of despair, depression sown in your heart, seeds of fear sown in your heart. Just by the life that we live, seeds are sown in our heart. All the negative words we sow are the result of negative words that are in our heart growing in us. So if I don't like what's coming out of my heart, I need to change what's going into my heart. If I don't like what's coming out of me, I got to change what's going in and what's growing in me. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, 23, it says to keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issue of life. Another version says it this way. It says to guard your heart. Guard your heart above all else, for your heart determines the course of your life. How does what's in my heart determine the course of my life? Because what's in my heart comes out of my mouth. What comes out of my mouth gives direction to my life. So I have to guard my heart. That word guard means to control access to. It means to watch over in order to protect. When it says to do it with diligence, it means it just means to do it consistently and with great effort. So it says to control access to my heart, watch over my heart in order to protect it, and to do it with great effort. I'm supposed to guard my heart. Well, how do things get into my heart? How do I guard it? How do I, how do I keep things out of it? If I'm supposed to guard it, how do I do that? Proverbs 4 verse number 20 tells us. It says, my son, pay attention God says to what I say, pay attention to what I say. He says, turn your ear to my words. He says, don't let them out of your sight. He says, keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and they are health to one's whole body. So how do things get into my heart? Things get into your heart and my heart through our eyes and through our ears. Things have gotten into our heart by what we've seen and what we've heard. So the anger we've talked about, why am I so angry? Why is there such anger in my heart? Because I've experienced and seen such, such uh, anger, angry things, such um, uh, things that are, that, are, that, are, that are not fair and things that have abuses and, and rejections and have, have sown seeds in my eyes and my ears of, and into my soil of rejection and produce anger to grow there. You know, maybe you grew up in an abusive home or been in abusive relationships or maybe just the, the relationships around you, maybe images at school or maybe images on social media. They all go into our eyes and they all go into our ears and they all grow stuff. It's all seed on the inside producing things. So seed gets into our heart. It gets in there through our eyes and through our ears. So in order to change what's coming out of me, I've got to change what's going into me. And I do that by what I'm seeing and by what I'm hearing. So there, there are things that I've, 
I must stop letting in front of my eyes. There's some things that I got to stop listening to. You know, I know growing up, I grew up in a more of a, a religious type of church where it seemed like as a kid that there was a lot of do's and don'ts. You know, you're not allowed to wear pants or you're not allowed to wear earrings. You're not allowed to, to, um, go to the movies. You're not allowed to go bowling. I mean, you, you're not allowed to have any fun there. You're not allowed to do a whole lot of things, but there wasn't a whole lot of reasons given for why you weren't allowed to do those things. It was more like, you're just not supposed to, you know, you'll, if you die and you'll go to hell, you know, and Jesus comes back, he won't go into the movie theater to, to pull you out. Like you're just going to be stuck in that movie theater. But there is a truth to refraining from certain things. It's not up to me to tell you what to stop listening to or stop watching. It's just we need to be aware that everything that goes in our eyes can get into our heart and grow. Everything that goes into our ears has the potential of getting into our heart and growing. What kind of harvest do you want? There are some things that you shouldn't be seeing because it's producing fear in you. They're growing fear in you. There are some things that you shouldn't be letting in your eyes because it's growing lust in you. And we're trying to stop the fear on the outside and we're trying to stop the lust from us acting according to that lust instead of dealing with what's going in and growing in us. That's the root of it all. So I've got to, it's there's certain things that I read or I watch or people I hang out with. Maybe that's so seeds of anger in my life and frustration. So there's certain things I need to make a decision. Do I want that growing in me and growing out of me? If I don't, I need to stop watching it or hearing it. You know, I used to be the queen of soap operas. I loved soap operas. And I knew, you know, people say, you shouldn't be watching that. Even my husband, I tried to hide and wish he'd be. I used to hate when he'd come home from work early and mess it all up. And I'd have to turn the channel and act like, you know, and miss it on the very best part. Or, you know, I'd get mad when I put the kids down for a nap so I could watch it and they'd wake up. And it's like, get back in bed. It's not over yet. Right. But I used to be the queen of soap operas. And, and I would have people say, you shouldn't be watching that. And I think I'm, it's not affecting me. It's not affecting me. It affects a lot of other people, but it's not affecting me. Right. I mean, everybody sniffs their husband's collar when he comes home to make sure there's no perfume on it. Right. I mean, everybody, you know, searches their husband's pant pockets for the little match book from the local bar or the cheap motel, right? What you watch does affect you because it's a biblical principle. It's a biblical law. What goes in has the potential of changing your heart. So you can say, like, you're smarter than this. You can say, it's not affecting me. I can listen to that all day and that's not going to affect me. I can hear that all. I can watch that all the time. It's not affecting you. What goes in your eyes, what goes in your ears does grow in your heart. Now, here's the, here's the thing you determine it's not up to me to lay down a law and say, well, you shouldn't watch this and you shouldn't watch that. And you shouldn't listen to that. I have to guard my own heart. I have to make a decision for me. What kind of harvest do I want to grow? You have to make that decision for yourself. You just need to know what goes in your eyes and goes in your ears grows. Now, this is another little, just a, I'm going to throw this out to you for you parents who can control what your children watch. It's very important that you know 
what's going in their eyes and going in their ears. It does matter. It is producing life or death in them. I know it's easy to say they like it. They want to watch it. They like it. They want to hear it. You have to control as you're raising them what's going in in their eyes and in their ears. As they get older, you need to cha- you need to teach them what it's growing in their life. Not just, no, you can't watch that because I said so. No, you don't need to hear that because I said so. No, we just don't do that. Christians don't watch that sort of thing. You have to teach them, why don't I watch that? What is it going to look like when it grows out of my life? Why don't I listen to that or hang out with those kind of people who are telling me those things? Why do I do that? Because it's growing your life. And this is what you want your life to look like. Teach them how it works. First of all, we have to learn how it works, right? In Corinthians, it says this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 12. It says, someone might say, I'm allowed to do anything. But not everything is helpful. It says, I'm allowed to do anything, but I won't allow anything to gain control over my life. I'm allowed to watch anything. Yeah, you are. But not everything you watch is helping you. I'm allowed to hang out with anybody. Of course you are. But not everybody you hang out with is helping you. I'm allowed to listen to anything. Of course you are. Yeah, you are. You're allowed to go anywhere you want to go. See what you want to see. Eat what you want to eat. But not everything you do is helping you. And if you're not cautious, just like the last part of this verse says, if I watch it enough, I don't control it anymore. It starts controlling me. If I let it grow enough, I no longer control it. It starts controlling me. You no longer control, it controls you. And we don't want to be controlled by anything but Jesus. So if I don't just, I don't just want to grow good seed in my heart. This is what I want to grow. I want to grow God's seed. There's a difference between just good seed, saying something good, and there's another thing about sowing God seed. This is what the Bible says about God seed. In Luke chapter 8, verse number 11. First of all, it says the seed is the word of God. And then it says this about the word of God in Luke, in Acts 19, 20. It says the word of the Lord grew. And I, in, inside the parentheses on, on the screens, it, it defines what those words mean. It says, so the, le- the word of the Lord grew. It means it become greater. It says it grew mightily with force and strength. And then it prevailed. Prevailed means to have strength to overcome, to prove more powerful than any opposing force. So the word of God, the seed, the word of God, when I sow it in my heart, it grows. It becomes greater. It becomes greater with force and strength. And it has strength to overcome. It overcomes every other seed that's in there. The word of God is the most powerful seed. I want us to say this at all of our campuses. Say the word of God is the most powerful seed. So when I sow the word of God into my heart, it drives out the effects of every other seed. When I take the word of God on healing, that by the stripes of Jesus, I'm the healed of the Lord. That's a word in here. So I take that. I put it in my eyes. I put it in my ears. It grows in my heart and it drives out every bit of sickness. I don't have to to have to beg for it to leave. I don't have to cry for it to leave. I don't have to medicate myself for it to leave. I just take the most powerful seed of the word of God. I put it in my eyes and I put it in my ears and I let it grow 
And it will dominate and drive out every other negative seed that's been sown in my life. Now, this is powerful because those of us maybe who are experiencing maybe lack in our life and our, and we just feel like, man, we're never able to make it. It seems like everybody else is prospering and we know that God wants us to prosper. If we take the word of God that, that talks about Jesus becoming poor so that I can be rich, it talks about how if I seek God's kingdom first, everything that I have need of will be added unto me. And if I constantly start sowing that on purpose in my eyes and my ears, it just drives out poverty. So when you show up at work one day, you step into promotion. When you show up on your job, man, you're the one who makes all the sales. It's not that you got a better education. It's not that you tried real hard and read a new book. It's because you took time to put the most powerful seed in your eyes and in your ears. It's the seed of the word of God that grows and it dominates every area of your life. It says in Joshua chapter 1 verse number 8. He says, keep this book of the law, the word of God. It says, keep the word of God always on your lips. It says, meditate in it day and night so that you might be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. So it says, the word of God, keep it always coming out of your mouth. If I have the word of God constantly coming out of my mouth, it means it's constantly going into my ears. How does the word of God get sown in my heart? By me hearing it and by me seeing it. Okay? So if I have the word of God going in my, out of my mouth, going into my ears consistently, it says to meditate on it day and night. Meditate is not just, you know, you know, thinking happy thoughts. Meditate means to mutter over and over, to say something over and over, to say it over and over, to let it come out of your mouth night and day over and over. Think about what you have been muttering over and over. I'm so ugly. I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I'm I'm such an idiot. Man, I'm an idiot. You're so stupid. Why are you? You're so stupid. Why don't you get this straight? What do we mutter over and over? That's what our meditation is. That's what's gotten into our heart. So it says, if you take the word of God and you let that be your meditation night and day, let that be what you say over and over. That's sowing God's seed in your heart. That's how you sow God's seed in your heart. You know, when we told this story over the, in this series, how, how that God was trying to get the children of Israel from a place of, of bondage and slavery and oppression into a new thing, into this place where there'd be no lack, no scarcity, and everything would be good. The Bible said that they took them on a journey. They pulled the children of Israel out of slavery, and they were walking through a place that they called the wilderness. In the wilderness, they would face certain oppositions, but in that opposition, they'd always see God faithful. When they lacked water, God would provide. When they lacked food, God would provide. When they lacked different direction, God would provide. When they needed freedom from their enemies, God would provide. But all along the way, as God would show up and say, I'm getting ready to take you into the new land. We're on the way to that new place. We're on the way to the new thing. The children of Israel never seemed to connect their mouth and make their meditation the promise. They continued to make their meditation the slavery. And if you were to read, you'd find them, it's better for us to go back. It's just better for us to go back. We have no water. We have no water. We're going to die out here. It's better for us to go back. Instead of singing the song, here we go. We're getting ready to go to the new place. We're getting ready to walk into God's provision. We're getting ready to walk into a place of more than enough. God, thank you for taking us to a place of more than enough. Meditating on God's promise, they meditated on the slavery. 
In the end, when it was their opportunity to step over into that promised place, the Bible says God gave them the meditation of their heart or the words of their mouth. They never ended up stepping into the promised place. God got them out of slavery, but they never meditated on God's promise enough to get slavery out of them. It's only meditating the word of God that gets that out of you. God may have taken you out of poverty, but it's only the word of God in your eyes and your ears that will get poverty out of you. God may have got you out of a dysfunctional, abusive, oppressive relationship, but it's only the word of God going in your eyes and in your ears that will get that oppression and those negative thoughts about yourself and those insecurities. Get that out of you. God may have brought you through a a bad doctor's diagnosis. Maybe you were diagnosed with cancer and now you're cancer free. God brought you out of that. But it's only the word of God that will keep cancer's thoughts out of you. Because it's easy to be healed of something and and fear that something coming back on you. Or God pulling you out of that place of poverty and you're starting to experience prosperity. But yet you fear somehow you're going to lose it again. So you can be pulled out of poverty, but it's only the word of God getting in your eyes and ears that can get that poverty out of you. So important that we put the most powerful seed into our eyes and make it our meditation. You know, there was a time in my life where I was unaware of the seed that was growing in my heart. I didn't have this revelation. I didn't know that that I could actually put the word of God in and it would grow to the degree that I would start talking it and I would start changing the direction in the course of my life. I just thought what was, was. You know, you just live life and if you got a good deck of cards that day, awesome. If not, sucks for you. If you were happened to be born into a good family, good for you. If you're born in a bad one, ah, sorry about that. I didn't realize that I could take the word of God and put it in my heart so it could come out my mouth and totally transform my life. So when the flu season went around or the or colds went around or viruses went around, man, I would prepare for it. I'd go stock up on, you know, Theraflu or Tylenol or you know, Kleenex and accumulate all my sick days so I'd be prepared because I know it's coming and I know I'm getting it so I was prepared for it. But then there came a time that I could I realized that I could put the seed of the word of God healing that I could put that seed on the inside of me and that seed would grow with force and strength and dominate and drive out any kind of virus, any kind of sickness, any kind of disease. So now the flu goes around, the virus goes around, and I'm still prepared. But I'm prepared with Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, which says, Surely he bore my griefs and carried my sorrows or my sicknesses and my pains. We esteemed him stricken of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities, a chastisement for my peace was on him, and by his stripes I am healed. I'm prepared with Galatians 3.13 that says, Christ redeemed me. When he gave his life on the cross, he redeemed me from sickness and disease, and it doesn't have to touch, it doesn't have to touch my body. Why? Because the seed of the word now goes in my eyes and in my heart and grows in my life. I used to live in fear anxiety I was one not to really show it on the outside it was more one of those stuffers which is a lot of the times extremely dangerous and I was anxious and fearful until I realized I could take the seed of the word of God it wasn't just about thinking happy thoughts about going to Disneyland as I went to sleep 
It was about meditating the word of God. That he gives his beloved sleep and he protects those who trust him. And he keeps my foot from stumbling. That if I live under the shadow of the Almighty and I, I, I dwell in his safety and no evil can come nigh me. I started making that my meditation in my eyes and my ears until there was just a point in time that seed grew to the degree that, to the degree that it drove out fear and it drove out anxiety and it drove out that, that tendency to worry and it drove out that, that tendency to walk in stress and frustration. It drove out every deceptive seed. There was a point in my life where I made a conscious decision that this girl was going to live her life by the word of God and by the word of God alone. You might call me hyper-religious. You might call me not living in the real world. I call it living by the word of God, seeing the word of God work in my life. Not caring what anybody else around me decided to do. I was going to do it. I was going to put the word of God in my eyes and my ears aggressively. So on purpose, I made it a mission. I was going to aggressively put the word of God in my life. I have scriptures on my mirror at home. Verses, seed, all over my mirror at home. Why? So I can consciously look up and on purpose sow the seed of what I want to see in my life. I have little three by five cards that have certain Bible verses on them, on healing, prosperity, on, on fear, on faith on my kids that I constantly put the word of God in my eyes and my ears so it can drive out every bit of fear drive out every bit of dysfunction in my life I made a commitment to do what the word of God says I could do and as I started doing that I started realizing it's growing in my life I'm not fearful like I used to be I'm not stressed out like I used to be I, I'm healthier than I've ever been I, I have a sound mind a peaceful mind prosperity and increased favor relationships are good why? Because it's not because I'm good. It's because the word of God works in everyone who will work the word of God. Now, for the most part, for the most part, when I'm squeezed or opposition comes, the word of God comes out because the word of God has been put in. So when I'm criticized or talked about, because of the favor of God on my life. I don't feel like I have to retaliate or flip somebody off or cuss them out back. I know, because this is in my heart, that when they speak evil against me because of the favor of God on my life, God says, more blessing comes on me. So now I just say thank you. Thank you. Because of the word of God. If storms arise... And I realize I don't have enough God seed in me. The cool thing is I just plant more. When pressure comes at me and I realize, ooh, I didn't feel the word come out there. There was a little fear that came out there. I need to sow more word seed in that area. I know right now in our lives we're dealing with a, a little bit of a situation, a storm that's come up. And it's pressed and it's pushed. And I got to say, it's at times when the opposition is the greatest, that's when I'm so thankful that I took the time to put the word of God in my life. Because in the middle of the storm, you can stand and boldly say, peace be still. Not hold on storm, I got to figure some things out for, for uh, figure some things out, I'll get right back to you. Don't destroy anything until I get back to you. No, you have the word of God in, it prepares you for every situation. You just sow more seed. You know, I have 
in my yard. Some of you have dogs, you, know, you will understand this. I ha- in my yard, when I first got my dog, you know, we had grass. And I noticed that every time, you know, it seemed like after I had the dog for a few days, I'd go out there and there's like big brown spots on my yard because the dog would go and pee there and it would burn the grass. So we decided to make this one area of our yard the, um, the dog potty area or dog pee area or dog whatever you want to call it it's where dogs go pee okay so here's this nice grass and and it seems like the dogs go out and they use it as the you know as their bathroom and turns the grass brown and it's, it's like I'm not good with that even though it's just part of my yard designated for that I'm not good with it looking like that so I tried everything I bought the little tablets you can give to them that's supposed to change stuff their pH balance and little rocks you're supposed to put in their water the only thing that works digging up the old grass Plant new grass. Digging up the old grass, plant new grass. And this has become a daily thing. Because just about the time I got the new grass growing, another brown patch shows up. So I have to dig the old grass and plant the new grass. And it's daily. And I have to aggressively stay up on top of it because the dogs pee on the yard quite often in the day. One day I was out there and I got this revelation that this is like my life. This is like our life. I'm sowing seed. My grass looks great. And then life pees on it. The bills come in and there's a brown spot. I lose my job and there's a brown spot. There's a doctor's report and there's a brown spot. Now some of us are going, oh, sucks for us. My yard looks horrible. Now what do we do? I find myself, well, this is what we have to do. I got to scrape up that and I got to plant more seed there. I got to, oh, the, the, I lost the job. I got to scrape that up and put more prosperity seed that God is my provider. God is my defender that, that I have more than enough for every good work. I'm generous on every occasion. It's a constant process in your life. We have to be diligent daily. You'll never sow your yard and not have to sow again. It's a daily process to keep the seed of the word of God in your eyes and your ears coming out of your mouth to direct your life in God's way. So our job this week, your job this week, it's not just saying the right things and talking right. Your job this week is to get the seed that you want to grow. If you look at your life, what, what do I need to see in my life? I need to see healing in my life. Get the seed of the word of God on healing. Get it in your eyes and get it in your ears. You do that by reading it and speaking it. The more I read it, the more I speak it, the more harvest I get. I need a lot of healing seed in my life. I need a lot of prosperity seed in my life. One seed won't do it. But this is the great thing. When I sow it in my life, it's the most powerful seed there is. You put this in, I promise you, sickness will leave. Because the word of God is more powerful than a doctor's report. I promise if you put this in, poverty will leave because this is more real and more powerful than losing your job or what kind of education you have. Putting the seed of the word of God in. So your job this week is not just to talk right. It's to get the God seed that you want to grow and to sow it aggressively in your heart. Remember, seed does no good in the package. So you're going to have to dust off your Bible, get it out of the trunk, wherever it's at. Go find it, dust it off, open it up. Get it out of the bag. Get it in your eyes. Get it in your ears. Download the app. You can download Celebration 
USA app. We have the Bible on there. We have our, uh, our reading plan on there. Get the word in your eyes and you watch your life change. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word that's truth. God, I believe even today the word's gone forth and it's been sown in our hearts and it's producing and growing. God, I believe your word is growing and it's growing aggressively. God, it's growing quickly and efficiently and powerfully. God, I believe the healing seed is driving out every bit of sickness this morning. God, I believe that your, heal, your, your healing seed is bringing restoration to minds and wholeness to, to backs. And God, that, that blood disease is, is dying in Jesus' name. God, that respiratory systems are coming in line with the word of God. Lungs are breathing efficiently and freely and to full capacity. God, that blood vessels are clear and clean because the word of God is affecting them. God, I declare that marriages are being restored, relationships being restored. God, we believe, Lord, that you're giving us insight, giving us wisdom and direction and how to handle our money, that poverty and lack is broken and driven out by the seed of the word of God. God, that we so hunger for your word. God, that we're so diligent and aggressive to sow it. God, that you're so faithful in allowing it to grow. God, that as we speak it this week, we see it this week. God, we give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed at all of our campuses, I want to give you an opportunity before you leave this place to receive Jesus Christ, to give your life to him, to to trade your broken state for his life of, of, of peace and nothing missing and nothing broken. The Bible says all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord. And he shows up, transforms you. Life with him is so much better than life without him. You were not created to live life apart from God. God loves you so much. He gave his son Jesus to die on a cross for you that all we have to do is receive him. So we're all gonna pray this prayer today. You know, every day I re-give my life to God. Every day I say, God, I'm yours today. Show me what you want me to do. Teach me what you want me to say. Help me to walk in your truth today. God, your will, not my will. So we're going to do that this morning. If you've never received Jesus and this is your first time, man, something powerful is going to change in your life. Or maybe you've walked far from him and you want to come back to him. Let's all just pray this together. Let's pray together all of our campuses and say this, Father God, thank you for loving me so much that you provided life for me through Jesus. I received Jesus this morning. I trade my life for his, not my will, God, but yours. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.